0: It's funny how the things that occupy the most of your time, even if you don't like them, take priority after a while. Um, So it's been a really interesting journey into like reprioritizing and also like really kind of looking at all of my actions under a microscope.
1: That's designer, artist, and human being, Leslie Kim. And this is the Wilder Mind podcast.
2: mind grows wilder
1: stoke that fire inside. Hear the call in the distance.
2: It's a long road worth your while.
1: Hey, hi, hello, everyone, and welcome to episode nine of the Wilder Mind podcast. I am your host, Cody Cameron, and I am so honored that you're here. And recently, I've taken a look at some data and have learned just how incredible it is that you are in fact here. There are something like 750,000 podcasts currently available and around 30 million episodes. In just seven months since the first episode with Jordan Cannon was released, you have somehow found your way to this one. What's more, you've all done so in numbers well above the average rate of an independent podcast still in this level of its infancy. The show is at a statistical standing that the data suggests takes other independents over two years to achieve. And you keep coming back. Honestly, I don't know what to say. No clue. I'm just here at the mic, sending hugs, and fist bumps, and high fives, and boisterous laughs, and hell yeah single arm tight fist flexing pumping motion things. (laughs) What the hell everyone. We're doing this and it's amazing. And I want you all to know that I'm hard at work exploring new ways to bring these stories to life, to enrich and expand the content. And it's catching on. I don't want to say anything yet. but. I'm really excited, and I hope you will all be too. We'll be finding new ways to keep showing up, bringing the best humans to the mic, and sharing their incredible stories. In the famous words of Bachman Turner Overdrive, "But baby you just ain't seen nothing yet. And if I may ask a favor, please take just a couple of seconds on your cellular telephone smarty pants device and scroll down to the bottom of your podcasting application and tap the number of stars you think the conversations deserve. It helps push the podcast into new feeds and to a larger audience so more ears can hear these wonderful humans speaking their truest words. Speaking of wonderful humans, today we sit down with Leslie Kim the artist and creator behind dynamite starfish. If you ask her what she does, she's liable to give you a quick, well, I create art and put them on t-shirts for climbers sort of answer. But as you'll find, there's so much more to her and to what she does. The artwork and the printing are all created by hand in Los Angeles. Leslie works diligently to create designs that bring awareness to our climbing journeys in a lighthearted and mindful way. She strives to find ways through both Dynamite Starfish and her personal interactions to create a space for individuals to be free to be themselves and approach life, the outdoors, and climbing in a mindful way. In fact, a generous portion of each product sale goes directly to the Access Fund. Just one way Leslie remains focused on her mission. Leslie and I met last fall in the parking lot of Intersection Rock in Joshua Tree National Park. Both of us were climbing in different groups with some friends that knew one another. During the mass group introduction thing that always kind of tends to happen in those scenarios, we were both up to bat. And upon hearing her name, I said, wait, Leslie, as in dynamite starfish, Leslie, I totally follow you on Instagram. Super millennial Cody response. A few weeks later, back in Joshua Tree, our crew shared a campsite out in the BLM area. But her and I weren't able to actually climb together until months later when we met to record this episode. And what a stellar day of climbing it was. And due to an overstated weather report, we actually enjoyed a relatively quiet spring day in the park and plugged gear up three pitches of fun climbing, with a bit of a surprise tossed in there that I'll let play out on the pod. We took down a classic that really didn't feel so classic to either of us, and a hard route that indeed felt hard. Well, the crux felt hard. The rest was pretty comfortable. Afterwards, right before grabbing a meal at my favorite spot, Crossroads Cafe, Shout out to Tiffany, Oriana, Dan, the other Dan, and Mike for always making me feel so at home there. We loaded up into Savannah, the Vanna, the Wildermine mobile studio, air quoted, to record the pod. Winds were whipping like crazy, so some background noise is present, but it's ambient really, so I left it all in there. Also, warning, if you're listening to this in your car, there are several instances of sirens and loud motorcycle exhaust, so I hope it doesn't jolt you too much. And with that, join us for a perfect spring day in Joshua Tree. A warm breeze drifts over your skin while the pink and red hues of dusk slowly burn, through the vast expanses of the blue desert sky now let's do the damn thing cool. awesome, awesome. We, <laughs> <laughs> when we both get close <laughs> we're really close to each other <laughs> but you can't see our like each other's mouths yeah. so it's kind of strange
0: it's like talking with a donut in your face
1: it do you do that often do you talk with a donut in your face a lot
0: not since i gave up sugar but before that yeah yeah
1: (laughs) well leslie kim this is great uh joshua tree has been great today yeah um uh the five seven that we were supposed to be on (laughs) well what happened there let's 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 let people know how that came to be that Uh, we ended up on altitude sickness right
0: i think so which
1: was much harder than the swift it was because you're awesome tell people why you're awesome
0: I get lost a lot. <laughs> but we all end up surviving somehow. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, a little bit of off-route it didn't kill us today. Uh, we got through it. It was good. We both did a great job.
1: You pulled a crazy hard roof.
0: It's weird, like, when, when you're on lead, it just doesn't feel like that. I don't know. It's, it's just a weird thing, blackout climbing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's awesome <laughs>
0: but thanks for uh not yelling at me though that was great
1: <laughs> oh, no I was psyched especially cause I gotta follow it uh, so cool. I was safe and protected so I was happy
0: uh, probably scarier on the follow though for some reason I feel like that would have been scarier on the follow
1: I'll, I'll take that cause it makes me feel good for a brief second but there's no way it was scarier <laughs> on the follow that had to be super scary on lead
0: um Okay, sure. sure. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I just don't remember.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which it's funny because it reminds me of twenty minutes ago when I asked you, um, how and when Dynamite Starfish uh became a thing and uh you weren't positive when <laughs> it right. became a thing. <laughs> It's like blackout climate and blackout business development.
0: Yeah, yeah. I still haven't looked up the dates, but I think I said it was either four or five years. It's something around there. I think it's better without knowing the date. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I think it... Oh, man. Yeah, I really have no idea. Four or five. But So four or
1: time. five years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, how did it all come to be?
0: Hmm. Um, I guess that's kind of a... It's a big question to answer because I feel like that project was a culmination of things and still growing. Um, Like me registering for the business and deciding to make t-shirts and all of that was, I I guess, like the most tangible start of the business that I can talk about. And that was either four or five years ago. Um, And that's like when I realized that, um, okay, like maybe I will dedicate myself a little bit into making this project um, more of a financially viable reality because before that um, it was just like a little side project I did. I made some drawings um, maybe put them out to my friends and some friends were like hey these look kind of cool like maybe you should put them on shirts and I was like eh, I don't really feel like doing that. I don't have the time. I have a full-time job that I you know at the time I really didn't like my job but um, it's funny how the things that occupy the most of your time, even if you don't like them, take priority after a while. Um, So it's been a really interesting journey into like reprioritizing and also like really kind of looking at all of my actions under a microscope. Uh, But yeah, yeah. Um, Does that cover it? Yeah. So (laughs) when when
1: you look at those actions under that microscope and you kind of look how that paradigm has shifted today, because you still have... Uh, dual employment basically you have dynamite starfish and you do graphic design and Mm -hmm. um work for the chocolate company correct uh
0: well i'm a freelance graphic designer i only have one client right now and it's a chocolate client um so it's it's not um terribly grueling work like it's pretty fun i get to make boxes for holiday chocolates so little christmas themed tins is mostly what i do (laughs) um so yeah it's not a bad gig by any means um But I feel like both of those things working together got me out of the office, which was my primary goal when I was in the office. Um, I didn't actually start doing office work until I was maybe 28 because I graduated school really late. And before that, I worked about 17 different jobs. um, Everything from like sales to manual labor.
2: (laughs) Wow. Uh,
0: And so I guess I was sort of... Um, confused when I got into the corporate life like I didn't understand why you couldn't um, eat whenever you wanted to or like sleep whenever you wanted to and after a few years of working in the office um, I remember sort of venting to some of my senior coworkers, and I was like is it terrible of me to say like I don't want to work in this building like all I want to do is eat and sleep and walk around when I want to is that, like, a horrible thing to say? And I felt so insecure about it, and pretty much it was a resounding, no, we all feel that way. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh my God, okay. <laughs> um, so this is not, you know, something that should just be accepted by everybody. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of slow, slow. Um, It was a slow progression like having a full-time job in an office to like getting out and doing uh, more work on my own Um, i don't think i was ready at that time to be a full-time freelancer i just didn't have the experience Um, so i was able to build up that experience at the studio and then i took a different job Um, and then finally i felt solid enough to take on my own clients for design work and simultaneously work on this little side project that has become more and more like yeah after about four or five years it's become almost my full-time gig um i don't think that my financial statements reflect that but at least in like the time that i put in i'm putting in way more time into this now and it's much more fulfilling for me it's it's fun and you see the results kind of right away um
1: and that and that hits like that's that it seems like that's what you were looking for, and I think a lot of us are looking for that. Like the mm-hmm. the financial statement, the paycheck starts to take a back seat to the time we have to dedicate to the things we wanna do and then sure. making that thing to make, you know, money. <laughs> Gonna let that siren go by. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Josh Richard. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, make that something that we also enjoy because you talked about you know, as we were climbing today, uh, that drawing was always, and art was always something you did for yourself. Mm. And you didn't show a lot of people. And then you start doing that and you put it out there to the world through art showings and now through, it started with postcards, correct? And then it went on to t-shirts. Mm. Um, that that has to be bring so much more satisfaction than, than anything a paycheck, a big corporate paycheck could provide, right?
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I think the art shows, like I said earlier, uh, I came to a point where I realized that unless I make art and show it to people, um, I'm not living in a way that's true to myself. And it's a weird thing to come to terms with because it was something I was so scared of doing. Like, nobody really wants to put their heart and soul out into a painting and then have strangers look at it and say, like, oh, this, you know, it's just not really that good. I don't like it. (laughs) It was actually, like, unbearable at first. Like, the first show, I remember being so scared, and I actually couldn't be in the gallery watching people look at it. Um, And so I kind of hid. (laughs) 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 But over time, I guess your skin gets a little uh a little bit more resilient and then now you can say like oh okay well if you don't like it then it's your problem not mine (laughs) (laughs) totally Um, but yeah i i feel like there are so many people out there who have that same feeling like okay like i really want to do this and you almost sort of think it's just a hunch that doesn't need to be listened to for a long period of time And maybe for a lot of us, like, we can go a very long time without listening to it, but I think I just came to a point where I was, uh, gonna, I was probably in major depression, um, but it was gonna get real bad if I didn't do something to get out of it, and that was, um... I think just what i needed to do at the time and i knew that for years and years and years like i'd go to art shows and i'd be like i know i should be making art but yet i didn't do it because i was so scared and so like i think you just hit a point where you're like okay i don't have anything to lose by doing this and only have something to gain so yeah
1: mental health is one of those topics that is becoming easier to talk about i think there's less stigma associated there's still a ton of a stigma associated mm-hmm. with it but i feel like people are a little freer if you could say to talk about it you know in, in public yeah. spaces and so it's, it's so brave to be able to say yeah i was dealing with serious depression and recognize that years i've been looking at exactly what i need mm-hmm. to help pull myself out of it but i was too scared to do it what was the impetus for that? What was the moment that you decided? Or was there a particular one where you said, okay, I need out of this. I'm just going to do this.
2: Mm.
0: I, that's probably another really long story. <laughs> I was we in... got the time. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
0: so right before that happened, um, so I had been in a five-year-long uh, emotionally and mentally, at times physically, abusive relationship. Um, and it was something that, like, I always knew wasn't good for me. But, you know, sometimes you just get stuck in a thing and you don't know how to get out. You don't have the uh, self-confidence at the time to even think, like, I deserve better than this. Um, and also, you know, like, sometimes you fall in love with the wrong person. And uh, you keep trying and trying and trying. And, um, you know, you it's hard to come to terms with the fact that it's a bad match and it's not good for either of you, but you stick with it for who knows what reason. Um, But yeah, it was basically five years of that, and once I came out of it, um, I remember being almost so happy that I couldn't control myself. Uh, And it got to a point where some of my friends thought it might be like bursts of uh, like mania, like manic depression. Um, but the thing is, like none of that has stuck with me. It was like temporary, I guess. I think it was just that I had repressed so much while I was in the relationship, like putting my happiness first or prioritizing it, I mean, at all. Uh, and once the block was kind of gone, like all that energy like didn't really know where to go. So I actually like didn't sleep for, God, like weeks maybe um and I would have almost like so much energy that I would wake up in the morning at like four in the morning and just like run and run and run uh it was bizarre like that's never happened to me again it had never happened to me before um I don't know what it is (laughs) (laughs) um but I was also writing a lot and uh It was just like a really weird, like mind-opening experience. Um, And I think that that really got me into thinking like, okay, I have my life back. I have all this energy to do something. Um, What am I going to do with it? Like sitting at the office wasn't fulfilling. Like I would sit at the office and just be like, oh my God, I know I'm wasting my time. Um, But I couldn't quite figure out what I was supposed to do yet. Um, so the art shows was like a really good entryway into doing work that I found meaningful. Um, and then I actually ended up taking a class at an art school about, um, how to basically make a living from something that you find meaningful. And so they took you through a series of exercises, um, that basically, uh, they ask you to make a timeline about your life when you were the happiest what you were doing uh and then you look at it visually because you've like created this uh I did a chart but some people did it all on post-its some people made a painting like it was really up to you how you wanted to do it and you meet every week and you had like a group of eight people that like kind of look at your life objectively and they're like hey did you know that all these times you were really happy you were making art you were um doing something active um and that's when, you know, your social life was good, you were doing well, you were feeling good. And it's just so um, crazy to have other people tell you that. And you're oh, yeah. like, how did I not know that? <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's
1: so hard to see sometimes.
0: Yeah, because you're in it and, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's just it is really hard to see. So that was also quite um, career changing and life changing for me. Yeah. Um, I actually forgot what your initial question was, I just like (laughs) went on a ramble train.
2: (laughs)
1: <laughs> I'm getting so many great expressions from you today. Ramble train is so new to me. That's awesome. I'm gonna steal it. Yeah. I've already stole it. It's mine. Oh, <laughs> you can have it. <laughs> um, the question was, what was the impetus for for oh. that f- getting in and expressing through art and getting yeah. out of the sadness, yeah, yeah, or yeah, the depression. Excuse me. That
0: was it. And I thought the interesting thing about art was like I don't know if every artist uses it this way but it was a feedback loop for me where I would put something out into the world and I mean the way that I make art is really uh, about emotions and like nuances of emotion Um, so a lot of times it would be I guess just about honesty like I feel this way and whether or not that's okay or not um, I'll just write it down
1: yes that's awesome
0: Um, and I'll illustrate it and I'll do it in a way where like someone can look at it and sort of digest it and whether they like it or not doesn't really mean much to me other than just like hey this thing exists uh let's look at it together I guess (laughs) um but you know one thing that I did notice was when I made when I made art about bringing the viewer down to my level of pain because I wanted them to feel what that felt like. Or like, I don't know, there was, there was at some point an element of self-pity there. And I think that that never felt good to me to give to someone else. Um, so I think, although I kind of started making art at a place of like negative emotionality, Um, Because I was coming out of like a pretty dark place. I think what I ended up doing later was wanting it to be more positive, but not in a fake way of like, hey, we're all aware that all these negative things exist, but how do we make it better? Um, How do we look at it in a healthy way? Um, And how do we like not ignore that people have these types of feelings? I guess that was where the art was. Wow.
1: <laughs> that, that seems like you could write a whole study on that. That's, <laughs> I, I think that is what makes you such a real and um, relatable artist. Because I know that going through your, your t shirts, some of them are just hilarious. I mean, <laughs> Thank you. the, the passive aggressive is fantastic with the, mm. Uh, with the Tricam. Mm hmm. That is definitely going to be loud on them. I'm just going to let that go by. <laughs> um, and the tender sender, I mean, they're so good. And then I, I remember on your website going through your um, your actual artwork. Mm. And I love this because I get to hear from you what I could not put into words to describe it. Mm. There was so much depth there where you could you could see it and you could read some of the, the, the words with it. And you know there was pain behind it, but you presented it and I don't want to say a soft way, but it wasn't like you, like you just said, like you wanted the viewer to feel your pain. You wanted them to say that, yeah, pain exists. Sure. But you can get through it. And there's there's something else.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and I don't know how you struck that balance, but it is great.
0: Wow. Thank you. <laughs> 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 I'm surprised you went on my, like, art website, because I'm like, who looks at that now? Oh.
1: <laughs> well, at least this guy does. <laughs> oh, cool.
0: Wow, you really did your research.
2: Oh, um, totally,
1: yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't been doing that type of art for a while, but I think that it's just because I've been pouring so much time into dynamite starfish. But what I think is really interesting is that um, the two paths are almost, like, converging for me. Um and also the passive-aggressive shirt, credit to Jeremy Ng and tender sender, <laughs> Narinda Hang. <laughs> 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 so I've also been blessed with like an amazing friend group and climbing, um, friends who just are also so clever and part of the reason why like some of the shirts are received as so funny is because like they've just come out of a good day of climbing like we just sit in the car and talk about our day and we're like oh man that was really hilarious we should do something with that and you know sometimes it becomes a thing
1: i feel like your other friends are a lot nicer than i am because i think mine (laughs) was like i don't care about your sport project anymore bro." <laughs> it's like, please don't make that into a teacher. <laughs> so, oh yeah! And now I just told everybody it was a joke, people. It was a joke. Sport kind of.
0: climbing is important too.
1: Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, sorry, I just got way off base there. <laughs> so also, um, for people that don't know. One, Dynamite Starfish, and I feel like, wasn't there a point where it was Go Dynamite Starfish, or am I wrong on that? Oh,
0: that's because uh, the website name was taken, and so I decided to just add an arbitrary word in front of it, (laughs) Um, but then since then... it became available again, so I just grabbed it.
1: It seems so like like go dynamite starfish. I was like, oh, I love that. Yeah, it's a little,
0: it's a little like superhero yeah, totally. or like cartoony. That's which is totally my vibe. Like I grew <laughs> up watching cartoons, and man, I love them to death. So. <laughs> and if anything, I live my life like a cartoon.
1: <laughs> Sometimes
0: people hear about how I live, and they're like, do you live in a video game? Like how does that happen? I'm like, I don't know. It just works.
1: You can't you can't say that and not describe. how your life is cartoony so before okay first what is dynamite starfish and then second how is your life a cartoon because i can't wait to hear this
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay so dynamite starfish is uh it's a climbing term if you actually look on the glossary of climbing terms on wikipedia you'll find the official definition but um it's something like uh you have all of your limbs outstretched uh, like an explosive bottom feeder, and you're trying with all your might to get some kind of upward momentum. Um, and it never really explains whether it works or not. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, after I had made the drawings and I was going through this like long list of potential names that were all like quite boring. I don't remember what any of them were, but I was like, yeah, you know, that's okay, but it's kind of cheesy or it's just like I wasn't really that impressed. And once I saw that phrase, I think I just like fell over laughing. And I was (laughs) like, that is so hilarious that it needs to be like, that's just it.
1: Oh, it's so good. Um,
0: And I feel like, you know, it didn't really come together at that time, but I think the reason why it struck me that way was because so much of my life has been so, like, impossibly done. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, I I guess one could say that I have dynamite starfished my way through my entire life, where it's like none of it should have worked, but somehow I'm still here. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, very cartoony, um... Like, you know, I just like will have, you know, this idea and I'll be like, OK, well, how do I make it happen? Well, I'll do this thing. I'll acquire these skills and people will help me along the way. And they do. Although, like, you know, I guess I don't expect people to help me, but people are just like, well, what can I do to help you? And I'm like, really?
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and it's
0: like, OK, well, I guess this is a team effort now. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's just things have happened interestingly for me um not to say that there haven't been like you know things like dead ends or anything like that but it could also just be that i think very highly of these serendipitous positive moments, and I just, like, forget about all the bad stuff.
1: (laughs) The power of a really great moment. You can forget all the bad that led up to it.
0: Yeah, I think it's kind of like alpine climbing. Like, you get through all the treachery, and you once you see, like, a really great view or you finish your climb, you realize, like, man, that was really great, and you don't even think about the hike up there or anything like that.
1: The old joke, right? The best alpinists have the worst memory. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> yeah, so, nice. um, in in the whole serendipity conversation, is that how? Because I think people will be, I at least I know I was fascinated to learn this. Mm. The um, another side of Leslie Kim, the martial arts side. Oh my god! <laughs> you are like a major ass kicker, apparently.
0: Uh, Not anymore because I haven't really been training in it, but it's something that I started when I was young. Um, I think I started Taekwondo just really recreationally when I was like 10 or something like that. Um, At some point, it hit me that I was wasting my time to do this unless I really wanted to be good at it. (laughs) So even though I just like, I didn't care that much about the sport, but I just remember it happened one day. I was like, you know what? If I'm going to do this at all, I'm going to be really good at it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So great. it's so you. (laughs) I
0: mean, I was always like, okay at it. uh, But I just didn't really have the drive to try hard. Like, um, it was just a class I went to a couple times a week. Uh, But yeah, at some point I was like, you know what? Like, let's, let's try. So I tried at it and, um... I ended up getting my black belt, which isn't hard. You just have to pay the money. But (laughs) it got me into, like, really learning about martial arts and starting to notice things like, okay, like, I don't want knee surgery. How do I avoid this? Um, And so I started learning about more holistic martial arts, um, ended up taking Shaolin Kung Fu for a while, uh, took a random semester at a community college doing karate. I took like a Tai Chi, you know, I did a little bit of Tai Chi for a while. Um, I actually wanted to become an acupuncturist for a little bit, Um, but I was very much into that kind of like martial arts world. Um, And then the art that really resonated with me was one um, called Budo Taijutsu, which is essentially just using your body and sometimes weapons to um continue surviving and I think that the thing I really loved about it was that it didn't have any competitions um and it wasn't even about like defeating the enemy per se it was about living another day so it was about not letting your pride get in the way of your survival because it's a very historical art and uh historically sort of like government soldiers, you know, you know about like the Harakiri tradition, like, you know, if you fail your mission, you must kill yourself. And these people were sort of not that, they were like, well, you're still fit and able, and even though you didn't fulfill your mission today, maybe you can do it tomorrow so why kill yourself (laughs) it's just not worth it (laughs) so like that seemed more reasonable to me (laughs) totally (laughs) (laughs) um but having trained in that for such a long time like at a pretty young age i think it trained my brain to think that way that like almost any almost any obstacle could be overcome um if you didn't let your ego get in the way and you kind of kept trying at it, um, and that most things were a matter of like training and resilience and sometimes even retreat, like sometimes you just have to say like, that's not for me, maybe I'll come back to it. But for me right now, that's not the best idea.
1: I think the great thing about that is it just seems so full of you because you you do this thing where you use your your body and tools Mm. to accomplish the objective Mm. and you don't necessarily have to wreck yourself or kill yourself if it doesn't happen. And it climbing feels the same way. Climb with you today. And you're, you you, like trad climbing and off with, and you're using your body and all these tools. And if you get to the top, that's the ultimate, but if you have to bail, that's not the worst deal. And we're not out there chasing grade. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more of, you want to have a good time, be safe and have a good experience. And then the way you talk about your art that, yeah, I want to look at it together with people, I want to invite you into seeing what my world and my emotions and mind feel like, but you don't have to like it. Mm -mm. And no matter what, you're just going to keep trying at these and see what you can make of them. And it's funny that you had that, maybe not necessarily funny is the right word. It's interesting. You had that instilled in you at such a young age. And do you think you were, you went into the martial art because you were already that way or that maybe it molded you that way a little bit?
0: Ooh interesting question nobody has asked me that before yes (laughs) (laughs) i think it's a little bit of both i think uh i mean when i was doing other martial arts i was always looking for more um and i guess if you think about martial arts being a life and death situation or a study of life and death oh yeah um there has to be more to that than competing uh doing drills and I don't know just going to class I guess absolutely Um, and I liked that I guess also in climbing you know it is a bit of a life and death situation like you're put in you know risky places where you could die at any time Um, but you apply what you know using your body and your tools and um, I think that is when I feel like I perform the best is that's when I feel like, oh, I'm alive in the world. Like I'm actually trying, I'm trying hard. Not, not in a way that's like, uh, how do I explain? Like, well, basically, like I'm trying my best. Yeah. Um. And although climbing is not like a particularly impactful pursuit on other people, like it still feels good because, you know, you're using the body that you have and the mind that you have to achieve something um, in a potentially risky situation. Absolutely. So I don't know. I think there's something there. I'm not sure quite what it is yet, but there's definitely something there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I want to echo our conversation here and make this... Very clear, with no equivocation. Climbing is an inherently dangerous activity. It has threatened to take a great deal from people I'm close to, from me personally, and has certainly taken amazing people from this world. If you don't have a particular skill, then ask someone. If you ask a friend and they make you feel bad or small or deflated for not knowing, then they're not a friend. They're an asshole. Safety is a responsibility of all of us. Now, I've talked a lot about the AAC Accidents Guide, but it occurred to me that I've never done what I should and just share some of the details. So I'm going to read just a couple of things out of the Accident Guide from 2018. One, and I quote, this year's edition reports a worrying leap in the number of accidents while lowering or preparing to lower from anchors atop single-pitch climbs. Let that sink in for just a moment. Lowering or preparing to lower from a single pitch climb. It continues. Let's all pledge to take three basic steps on every single pitch climb. One, make a plan and communicate the plan. Two, tie a stopper knot into Blair's end of the rope. And three, weight test your system before unclipping from the anchor. Around all of this, you must constantly communicate everything. In every climbing style and scenario, always communicate what you need from those around you to remain safe. And as I like to say, to make it home for dinner. In 2017, the number of accidents reported in the US were 162. Again, just reported. Of those 162, 116 of them resulted in injury and 34 resulted in fatality. 34 people left this earth climbing in 2017. Again, climbing is an inherently dangerous activity. And of course, I'll be the first to tell you, it's amazingly satisfying and incredibly fun And we'll introduce you to what I believe to be one of the best communities out there. But again, safety is the responsibility of all of us. Don't be the crag asshole who makes people feel bad for what they don't know. Be the crag friend that helps people learn what they don't know. So get out there, have fun, communicate, arm yourself with knowledge, and be safe. And that's the fun part of it is the more you climb and the more people you climb with and interact with, you Mm -hmm. you can put those pieces together, what it means to everybody. Mm -hmm. Because I'm the same way. I wish I had some answer that said, this is why, Mm -hmm. but there's something that you're chasing. And we talked a lot about that today, how that has already evolved for both of us over the years where, you know, you climb to get out of depression and then you realize you're, you're obsessed with it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, and you don't know if it's helping anymore. Um, and so what does that look like for you as far as that kind of shift from saying, like, this is everything I'm going to focus on to this will maybe just be an act part of my life, a big part of it, but mm-hmm. not so, so like narrowly focused on it. Like, how did that all come about? And I'm going to move this mic a little closer. Oh, sure. Sorry.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. So, yeah, I think I told you earlier, like when I first started climbing, at least regularly, um It was, yeah, like, shortly after that pretty bad breakup, um, and I had always liked climbing before, but there just wasn't a gym in my neighborhood, or, like, I didn't know that you could climb outdoors for free kind of thing, (laughs) or I didn't really (laughs) have anyone to go with, so when, uh there were more gyms opening up in Los Angeles. Um, I decided to finally like commit to getting a gym membership because I was like, hey, I have a job. Like I don't really have an excuse (laughs) anymore because before money was always my, you know, I was always like, oh, those gym memberships are really expensive, I don't have money for that. But now it was like in my neighborhood, I had a job, it was okay. Um, So I did it and I realized that, uh, you know, other than that, at that time my life was pretty crap. Um, I was living by myself and lived about like three miles away from work. So all I would do is like work and sleep and I was doing a lot of art, which was cool, but it was also like a lot of that sort of, uh, negative emotion type of art. Mm. Although that actually for me was a good like cleansing process because I was able to see it and be like, Oh, that actually hurts to look at it. Like, let's let's do something about that. So I want to say it was it was almost more of like a maybe more like journaling or like maybe even like doing the laundry. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so like that's when I started climbing and um I realized that it was really fun and it made me feel better. Like um if I was having a really bad day and I went to the climbing gym and I climbed a lot, I really tried hard like I My day didn't feel bad anymore so i think that's sort of where the obsession started um and i would love to do some more research on how dopamine works in your body because i think climbing does an interesting thing with that um but you know it started to make me happier more often and then through climbing, I started to, like, make other friends who climbed. And we would go outdoors together and meet up at the gym together. And then from there, I started to build community, even though it was around, like, this one activity that, you know, other in other ways, we weren't really all that similar. But, you know, we all liked this one activity, so we would hang out and having the community was also nice. Oh, yeah. Um, but I do think that I fell into a bit of uh like an obsession about always needing to do better than the last time um or sometimes you know it's probably not even intentional but you compare yourself to other people Mm -hmm. um quite often you're like well oh they started climbing after me but yet they can climb this grade at the gym uh And, you know, like I was, I was really out there trying to climb all the time and um, really like push the grades. And I had all these goals for the grades, like, oh, I'm going to get, you know, this grade by this year and do all that stuff. I mean, you're nodding your head like, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I've been there. And that's not to say I don't have goals now. Like I definitely still have, you know, routes I want to do. I have one grade goal that I want to hit. Um, but aside from that, I think I think just actually being forced to take time off of climbing because of chronic injury was the reason why I realized, oh, I'm really kind of addicted to this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I took about four months off last year, um, in order to let my shoulder tendinitis and my elbow tendinitis oh, wow. heal. Yikes. Um but because i wasn't really doing rehab it didn't do anything and when i got back to (laughs) climbing it was just um back to the same still there (laughs) yeah so i'm working on it in a different way now but um having that four months to not climb i think it it did an interesting thing for me psychologically like i had to find other ways to deal with those bad feelings and um you know i learned to eat a little better be healthier. You know, even, like, think healthier. Like, that was an interesting thing. Oh, yeah. It was like, oh, I feel like today was a terrible day. I can't just go climb it off.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Because that leads to, like, a lot of physical pain. So,
1: um,
0: yeah, I guess, you know, being forced to deal with those things was, I think, in the end, like, quite good for me. And I think now, I mean, this is going to be ever-changing, but now I think I'm learning to hit a better balance with that where it's like, you know, climbing is an activity. I enjoy it. I have goals in it. It's great. I love the community, but at the same time, like it doesn't have to be, I guess like you don't have to commit Harakiri about it. (laughs) (laughs) So, so true.
1: And, and, And we talked about that, how we both have gone through that phase of you work Monday through Friday and by Friday afternoon, or well before that. Mm-hmm. All you're thinking about is when you're going to hit the road, what you're going to climb. Are you going to break out of the grade this trip? Mm-hmm. You're telling everybody about it. And your friends are that don't climb are wondering, or the ones who climb as a hobby, why are you so obsessed? Yeah. <laughs> and is this healthy? And then you're thinking, yeah, I'm super healthy. What's wrong with you? Yeah. And then when you go home, waiting for you are still all of these things that you We're trying to climb out of your system. Right. And you realize, oh, I think I'm just avoiding these. Whoops. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember, like, just coming home from trips and, you know, barely having the energy to unpack the car and looking at everything and being like, oh, my God, I don't think I like this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're like, you need to unpack the car and you still need to unpack your emotions. Like, oh, crap. (laughs) What have I done?
0: There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think, just finding balance in, in life is a lifelong quest and it, there's just so many factors involved. I don't think anyone can tell you exactly how to do it, but yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah. it, it It's, it's been very interesting and I didn't realize that we're the same age. Um, because I make a joke, because you know we're not old by a stretch; <laughs> we're only thirty-four. But I make the joke like, "Oh, you're gonna have to climb with the old man." But sometimes you 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 feel that way because you're learning. I think we we brought that up several times today, mm-hmm. like growth experiences, and I I think that almost becomes maybe its own addiction that that wellness shift, saying that I don't want to just get over things or try to work them out of my system through physical activity. I want to learn how to eat better, how to think better, how to reflect better. And also how to do all these other things that kind of make me a whole happy human being. Yeah. Which is pretty addicting, it turns out.
0: (laughs) It's great. And I think that, you know, that quest is addicting, but I think that's a healthy addiction.
1: Yes. (laughs)
0: Because you, I mean, why not be a better human being? Totally.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I can give you so many reasons why. (laughs) Probably none. Why not?
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think once you start to see the progress in yourself, like you do want more, um, and I think that's a good quest to follow. Um, I don't, I don't even know if that would really be called like an addiction, though, because
1: probably not. I'm probably going too far on you're, you're that. You're kind of but... just, you're kind of <laughs> just
0: chugging along. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or at least I feel that way. I know you're like maybe a little bit more extreme
1: than I. am. So. <laughs> I've been accused before. <laughs> well. And it's also exciting because we've talked about so many different things today while we're climbing about these, these pieces of that happiness puzzle. And it's everything from how you change your climbing to your relationships, how you approach them and, and food intake. And I, I, it's cool because you can take it all on at once because they're Mm -hmm. all really good things and it's not overwhelming. You've recently given up sugar, um, and or or cut sugar out right Mm -hmm. for the most part like added sugars and how that's added to it like all these things that are you can throw them into the mix at once and say well it's it doesn't feel like too much because it's making me happy and making me better
0: yeah totally um and yeah i did totally cut out sugar Um, (laughs) 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 but i never really liked it to begin with so it wasn't that hard um yeah so like i guess the happiness journey or the wholeness journey or whatever um it's interesting because also the martial art that i was in um they taught us that it wasn't your goal to win the fight or anything like that it was your goal to become a complete human being and that meant you had to integrate your mind your body and your spirit and if one of those things was weak, then you would be off balance. So you really just had to work on all of those things. And it was interesting to get that from a martial art.
2: Yeah. Because,
0: it, I mean, if you think about martial arts now, it's, like, a lot about winning fights and, you know, maybe having some glory or whatever. Yeah. Um, But this one was really, I mean, if you found the right instructor in it, because there are others, Um, it really was about, like, how do we continue to survive on the earth um, in a way that's, you know, like healthy for us and everyone? Yeah. Um.
1: Right? Okay. Survival by winning fights or by finding something that is healthy for us and everyone. In 1962, President John F. Kennedy visited the NASA Space Center. He asked a janitor what he was doing. Well, Mr. President, the janitor replied, I'm helping put a man on the moon. Now, in a time when the rhetoric of the nation was to beat the Russians to the moon, this person was satisfied with helping put someone on the moon. Not winning a fight, rather doing something noble for all. Something healthy for everyone. The calendar gives us seven day segments by which to measure the passage of life. Tradition allows five of those to commit to the pursuit of trading knowledge, skills and abilities for a monetary reward. That same tradition pits us against one another to rise to the top of the scale in order to earn more, more, more. Now, in theory, within that competition, we are able to purchase blocks of knowledge in exchange for our time. Further, if we continue to exchange even more of our time for indoctrination into corporate culture, then we are presented with the belief that we shall be justly awarded survival by winning. But what if we are so bold as to take those five days and find meaning in how we spend them, disrupt the mechanisms of control, the promise of a better survival through material and moments of purchased happiness and seek something that is healthy for us and everyone. Something that elevates you, your family, your friends, and your community, full of your future friends that you just don't know yet. Be so incredibly satisfied with what you do that the moments of pleasure are the icing on the cake, not the cake itself. And about that janitor, you may ask, isn't he also part of the machine trading labor for money? Sure, maybe, but I don't think so. Not with that answer. Tell me, when was the last time someone asked you what you do? Perhaps at a dinner party or some gathering of friends. What did you say? Did you state your job title or describe how you spend your time and how that makes something good happen? I guess what I'm saying is this. Trust me. I understand that it's not entirely realistic for many of us to drop everything and leave and chase every dream we've ever had right at this moment. I mean, it's 1045 on a Wednesday night and I'm recording these narrations right now. So I get it. But ask yourself, are you spending those five days in the week fighting to survive while wondering how you'll find time in the other two days for enjoyment with your friends and family? To do something good for others and to elevate everyone around you further are you hoping with everything you have that you survive to your retirement age with some level of health intact so that you may do something enriching with your final years if you are shift the paradigm i know it's easy to say but i mean it and i can't tell you how to do it only you can but From one person fighting the good fight to another, shift the paradigm. From Mary Oliver's The Summer Day, tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life?
2: We get to carry each other, carry each other one, one.
0: yeah
1: so yeah. if you mixed if you took that that quest of the martial art that it's about your mind your body and your spirit mm-hmm. and you applied that to the the art class that had you whatever however you depict it what you were feeling what would yeah. that painting look like for your mind body and your spirit
0: see that's really interesting I think that um Yeah. I never really thought about it that way. I think what art does for me is really like help me work on, I suppose, like my spirit, um, because it makes me happy. Like the art of just doing it, um, is healing and fun for me. And, um, you know, I notice more in the world, like I start viewing things in a way that's, you know, like you look at something that could be quite mundane, like, oh, that bush. And you're like, oh, but that bush is actually really beautiful. Like, if you think about how it's grown there and, you know, how it endures the elements and all of that, like that, you know, kind of boring bush, like actually deserves a lot of appreciation. It's rather magnificent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's um, like spiritually refreshing. Um, so just having like that artistic view of things, um, I think is pretty important to me. Yeah. And then the body aspect, like, unless I'm doing something physical, I'm probably going to feel really antsy and just not happy about it. So, um, yeah, just getting out and doing stuff, uh, that's active is also super important to me. Um, Although sometimes I do fall into the trap of just like getting into my computer and (laughs) being there for
2: hours.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's easy to do. There's a lot in that computer. (laughs) Yeah. And then the
0: mind stuff, like, I don't know, like you got to keep learning. Like the more, the more new things you learn, like that can only benefit you. And also sort of like applying all those things too. like, I think that especially with the business, it's a good way for me to apply everything that I know to like really try hard at one thing and like see if I can make it work in my sort of like impossible style. (laughs) I love that.
1: (laughs) And it, it makes a lot of sense because, you know, with climbing, if you take today going up, The swift to um, altitude stick (laughs) this. However, we mix those two. (laughs) It it takes all three of those elements to be very, very dialed in. Your skills have to be right, so the mind has to be has to be there. You have to know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. The body has to be you know in shape to do this, and not like you have to be like you know chiseled. You just have to be in climbing shape. It needs to know how to move, be loose, and the spirit has to be in a place of wanting something good out of this you want yeah. to have a good day you want to have a good feeling when you get to the top because we all could say we've been out there climbing when we're not one of those have not been great <laughs> and, and it's, it's horrible a, it's horrible. It's awful <laughs> and then you know same applies to dynamite starfish um also the movement and the company <laughs> <laughs> um, you you all those elements for you have to be there because you cannot correctly put into a, you know a couple of words or or a graphic how you feel about this particular thing unless all mm. those elements are dialed in um, yeah and and they're seeking some level of satisfaction that maybe they have achieved or aren't there to yet mm-hmm. um and as a viewer you can get that you know oh cool well, yeah I think, <laughs> I think it's great i i know that um when i told dory my friend dory about um about climbing with you and, and and you know talking with you on the podcast she went off how much she loves the oh. the passive aggressive <laughs> shirt and I think it can mean so much to different people and that's a great thing about art I just uh-huh. so much appreciation for it
0: yeah yeah it it's very interesting that like I really can only operate the business at its highest potential when I feel really good about it and sometimes I'm not sure whether that's okay like that it's just it's really just like an extension of me (laughs) because I'm (laughs) I'm the only employee (laughs) um but yeah like you know sometimes I do question whether that is healthy for me to like have so much riding on my well-being uh but at the same time like it pushes me to prioritize my well-being um so yeah I don't know we'll see I think one day it, it may become too much for me and I will have to Learn to delegate, but you know, that's okay too. Oh, yeah, we'll see when the time comes.
1: Well, and that is very insightful because I think that is why so many of us, or one of the reasons, excuse me, become dissatisfied with our corporate self is that we are extending ourselves when we really don't want to. Mm -hmm. And there are times, and everyone feels this way you know, you drive into work and you're ready to tackle that task list Mm -hmm. and you put two hours into it you're halfway through and you're (laughs) done you're gassed (laughs) but you have to keep going right yeah because someone's gonna check on it what if you could just say i'm done for today sure take it on tomorrow and get it all done so much better and i think that's the best part about doing something like dynamite starfish Mm -hmm. where you can wake up one day and say i'm not fully into it i can't show up with my best self Mm -hmm. so i'm not gonna do it today and not i'm not gonna half-ass it today
0: yeah yeah I mean, I think that sounds reasonable actually for just all workplaces I, because totally. you're so much more productive when you're motivated. And I've thought about this a bit because, you know, like I've worked, you know, I've worked for like small companies and like a pretty large one. Um, and I think there was a lot I was unhappy with, with like just workplace ethics. And this is a far away dream and like, a long shot of a universe but if I did have employees like sometimes I think about like okay like how could how could people work for this you know I guess company it's like a fake entity Um, (laughs) (laughs) or like how how can people work on this project with me which I actually believe is like pretty wholesome like in a larger sense because Um, It is about spreading positivity and sort of like sharing happiness about climbing and the outdoors Um, So how can people work on this project with me without um, Without like losing their soul (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I I remember just, you know, spending every day in the office thinking like, God, I really don't have to be here today Um, And sometimes, you know, you're getting paid hourly too and you're like, I'm wasting my time They're wasting their money, like, why am I here? Um, so I would love for, you know, more workplaces to kind of, I don't know. I mean, like, can't we as human beings just also be more respectful of everyone else's time? Totally.
1: (laughs) I could not agree more.
0: (laughs) It seems so reasonable, but yet it just happens very rarely. (laughs) In
1: in capitalist societies. You know, you, you feel guilty if you need to go to a doctor's appointment midday. Right. Like, is someone going to be mad? We'll have to make the time up. And why? Or what if you just are not having a good mental health day mm-hmm. and you have to show up and mm-hmm. try? And it's just not healthy for us. Right. Because now all of a sudden you have to act like everything is fine. Mm-hmm. And I love that that your goal is to create an environment where people can come and contribute but do not have to do that with the monkey on their back. Of like, <laughs> I have to be here all the time, no matter right. what.
2: I
0: mean, it's a dream. Can it happen? Like, I mean, I don't know. It seems impossible, but also that that's my way.
1: Heck Yeah. <laughs> That's the courageous way. It seems impossible, so I'm going to do that thing. I I feel like everything that you've done has been, there's been in a level where you're like, that feels impossible. Yeah, I'm going to try that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I have to watch it with myself too. Like I've been trying to work on this, uh, like it's just a PDF presentation, but it's been on my mind for like two years. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like trying to work on it. And once I get into a good flow with it, I'm like, yes, it has to be done today. (laughs) (laughs) But, But if I really think about it, it's like, Leslie, you're not going to finish that today. And you didn't even start it until last week after two years of thinking about it. So, like, I'm learning to be a bit more realistic with myself. And, you know, I I think that's okay. Like,
1: Yeah, absolutely it is. Nobody
0: is dying because my presentation isn't finished tomorrow.
1: (laughs) And, And another, I think, like, another side of that is... When we're younger, we feel like everything has to be done now because mm-hmm. time is so finite, and it is, but as we get older, you look back on everything you've done and all the objectives you set before yourself and accomplished, and you think, yeah, it, there's time and a place for everything, and mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be right now, and you can kind of lift that pressure, and it feels good.
0: Yeah. I think part of that, interestingly enough, though, has like comes with a bit of... Uh, strength training like whether that's like strength of your like mind and spirit and also your body I suppose like you know today when we got off route I think if we weren't confident and also like fairly physically fit um, you know like that would have been really scary we wouldn't have been able to do that but um, you know like because we had that good foundation we were able to just go ahead and do it totally um so yeah i think you know the same goes for like so many other aspects of life is you know if your foundation like isn't all that solid you know things are gonna be tough so it's like it's important to work on all of those things um yeah again ramble train i forgot no no not (laughs) ramble train it's perfect and
1: that is it, you're so right when you have all of those you can get through a lot more and it's not as dire mm-hmm. right like you can get up to when we got off route and you get up to this roof you're like what in the heck and you don't freak out you don't worry you just can kind of take it and say all right well I'm, i'll figure it out sure and i don't have to speed through it you know we talked about when you first get in a trad right you end up placing through your crux because you want to get through it quickly (laughs) like i have to climb (laughs) uh, (laughs) fast. take your time it's okay
0: but also knowing your limits i think both of us saw it and was like okay it's doable if i if i need to pull on a piece like i will but you know i think physically you know at least i'll give it a shot yeah it's it's safe we protect it (laughs) And
1: can laugh through it it was great (laughs) (laughs) worked out really well
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think so much of boldness comes from, like, uh, like I guess, knowing your safety systems. So, I think when yeah. I was younger, I used to be a lot more reckless, um, where I'd be like, oh, okay, like, I'll try this thing, and it's just not a good idea. But i think now that i've gotten older and this is both like in climbing and in life it's like okay well i want to try this thing and it's like okay well how do i get about trying it and a lot of times it is about building some kind of safety system around what you're about to do so you're like okay well if it fails you know you have to know that you're not going to just lose everything
1: yeah totally yeah (laughs) i love that you use boldness for that and then you juxtapose that to reckless because i think a lot of people try to make those Mm. synonyms and to me like in my mind bold is Someone needs some work done around the house. You walk in holding a hammer high. I can help you. Reckless is you walk in with two hammers and you're like waving them like I can hit things with hammers. (laughs) I think there's a huge difference. And I'm really glad you called that out (laughs) in a way that I agree with.
0: (laughs) And you call my life cartoony, (laughs) or I called it cartoon. I don't know. Yours might be more cartoony.
1: (laughs) My mind works in cartoony ways like that. That's a good visual. <laughs> I'm
0: I'm never going to forget that.
1: <laughs> good. I'm glad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, I think there is like, um, yeah, maybe there is a tendency to confuse boldness and recklessness and, um, it, it's good to know your limits so you can know when you're being reckless and when you're being bold.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And it's fortunately learned through what's well, learned through experience and, you're fortunate if it's experience that scares you but doesn't break you Mm -hmm. so
0: yeah I mean there are definitely some times I've been really reckless and I think I'm just lucky to have like skated by (laughs) (laughs) but but that's also like a testament to my ignorance because like (laughs) as I have learned more I look back and I'm like oh my god I should not have done those things
1: (laughs) it's kind of terrifying sometimes right (laughs) then you think what did other people think i don't want to go there
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i can't even imagine like the people who you know taught me how to climb you know sometimes they must have been biting their nails (laughs) but luckily everything was safe and i had good mentors who were like maybe you shouldn't try that today
1: (laughs) we can unpack that over dinner off the mics together. oh boy (laughs) well leslie i think this is a great spot um to to ask the the same question I end with every time, and my favorite question, mm. um, how do you want to end this? A story, an anecdote, something serious, something funny, anything um, that that means something really meaningful to you? Um, it's mm. your story, your mic. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> Get it
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, if there's one thing. I don't have any good stories that come to mind right now. I do love telling stories, but not (laughs) today. Um, I guess if there's one thing that I think my business, my art, my life, like everything was all about was like how to be more completely yourself, honest with yourself, um, like finding out who you truly are. And I think that we have so much of an identity crisis because we're bombarded by so much... Um, like media and culture all the time like most of us go through life never knowing like who we really are and I think that the one thing that I want to promote like above anything else is like figure out who you are and then like just run with it
1: (laughs) I love that that's (laughs) perfect (laughs) awesome Leslie thank you for driving out from LA I know that getting out of LA is a royal pain (laughs) and for the climbing and for everything this has been fantastic today
0: cool thank you so much for inviting me and yeah the climbing was great we had a great time
1: yeah classic day all the classics empty saturday in the park
0: yeah amazing (sighs) it couldn't have been better
1: yes so good (laughs) awesome thank you so much
2: cool thank you
1: Leslie, thank you so much for the wonderful day climbing in Joshua Tree and for the conversation on the podcast. Thank you for helping me get a spot to attend OR and for knowing Kevin who hooked us up for a place to stay in Boulder while we were at OR. Shout out to Kevin Dahlstrom. You're one of the good ones, my friend. And thank you to both you, Kevin and and Kevin's daughter, Abby, for the day and the flat irons, and for all the future friendship, climbing, and general life conversations. And thank you so much to everyone who continues to listen, subscribe, rate, share, stoke, and just be amazing humans. Thank you to Alexis Tia for the awesome theme song. And as always, wherever you are and whatever you're doing, to your wildest self I can't be true
2: what's inside of me nations on something bold Restless soul will fall.